This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher. This week I am talking to Jamie Tardy of TheEventualMillionaire.com. And the word eventual in this instance does not mean procrastination. It does not mean, oh, I'll get around to it eventually. It actually has more of a, there is an eventuality that I will achieve this thing I am setting out to do. And in Jamie's case, you know that that is true. We're going to talk about hard work. We're going to talk about doing that hard work consistently and how doing that hard work consistently can pay off big time as well as lead you to knowing what the work is that you should be doing. Even if you thought you already knew along the way, you may find out, no, it's actually something else I should be doing. But you've practiced all along doing that hard work. And again, it pays off. Speaking of hard work, Your email list should not be. In fact, if you use MailChimp like I do, which you can find over at beyondthetodolist.com slash MailChimp, you will find that they have the perfect setup for you to get started with your email newsletter and all your email newsletter needs. Their email genius chimps are waiting to stand by and help you set up your email list, collect those email addresses from the people who want to hear from you, and then structure and create awesome campaigns as well as well-designed newsletter emails or updates to keep those people in the know about what you're doing. To check out what MailChimp can do for you, head over to beyondthetodolist.com slash MailChimp and let them know that I sent you. Again, that URL is beyondthetodolist.com slash MailChimp. This week, I get to talk to Jamie Tardy, the eventual millionaire. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. So you call yourself the eventual millionaire. Are you a millionaire yet? I'm an eventual millionaire. Okay. Right. <laughs> Not yet. No, and no, no. Then- the, the reason why I say that too is because uh, money was my main driver when I was younger. And I had to switch that up because I needed to make my life more important than just the money. Ugh. And so an eventual millionaire is someone who has the goal to be a millionaire eventually, but they want to do it on their own terms. So they want to have an enjoyable life. And I think an enjoyable business. Uh, so we're enjoying things and making money no matter how long it takes. Nice. And you had very kind of a, a unique story, actually more unique than we even probably can go into. But you had what seventy thousand in debt. Yeah, woohoo! Yay! Right, <laughs> <laughs> but it's gone now. It's gone. It so. is all gone. I'm completely debt free. Yes, Good. huge, huge accomplishment. Yes, and so t- talk to me about this. How did you accumulate? You and your husband. How did you accumulate that debt? It wasn't even credit card. A lot of people were like, oh my goodness, you must have spent a ton of money. It wasn't even credit card debt. I thought I was making good choices. So it was a car, right? It was a 20-something thousand dollar car, 
which at the time I think I was like 24 and I wanted everything my parents had, right? <laughs> I had a, a home equity loan and student loan. So it's not as though this was crazy. The home equity loan though was a variable interest and it kept going up and up and up and it was like $25,000. So it felt almost as bad as a, as a credit card. Um, but they, like, I was, they were good logical choices. So I thought, right? Student loans, good. Car, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have equity loan, good. Uh, but no, it was it was all it was all debt either way, right? You still have to make uh, large amounts of payments every single month, and that's what was holding me da- back. You still, so I, yeah, I, you still owe somebody unless other than keeping the money instead of keeping exactly. The money. I hate owing people. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yes, so you and, and you. I met your husband and I knew instantly that I, when I first met you and your husband that I, I liked you because he was wearing a Legend of Zelda t-shirt and a 8-bit old school Nintendo belt <laughs> buckle and you had given them both to him and I was just like, okay, you're cool. I, I'm a huge geek. I used to play Legend of Zelda all the time. I almost wanted a Triforce tattoo. So yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You know what? I'm against tattoos, not like a po- not like morally opposed or anything, but like <laughs> – just that's not something I ever would consider, but a Triforce one is tempting. Exactly. It really exactly, is. Right? We'll get them together next time we're hanging out. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, so you got, but you guys met young, didn't you? Oh yeah, sixteen, super young. Oh my gosh, where was this? Uh, well, I'm from Maine, so a super small town in okay. Maine of about two thousand people. All right, and then Middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then you studied uh, technology. What was it? Technology or business? Or it was. Information. I wish it was business. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. It was it was information technology. Okay. And this was at RIT? Yes. Which you is the Rochester. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm originally from Rochester, New York. Oh, so nice. you went to college in my hometown. and I had a house in Arondacoy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> my mom worked at Arondacoy High School for a while. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So, so awesome. Such a small All the world. Best friends now. <laughs> and I have a bunch and I have a bunch of family up in Maine. So there you go. So it, it was interesting me as a, it, to me as I was uh, looking up your story. I'm like, oh my gosh, you went into debt and stuff right in my hometown. That's just like me. Thanks, Rochester. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah, no. You're welcome. No, I still I love it. Houses Rochester. are so cheap there. I bought right. my first house when I was nineteen. Oh my gosh, that's insane to me. Yeah. And I had two cars and a house and two dogs at nineteen. It was kind of crazy. And and you you know, you, you're married, you're young, you're going to college, you're, you know, thinking, well, I'm doing everything right. I'm making the right choices. I'm choosing based on what everybody else has told me I'm supposed to do and I'm doing it. But at what point did you know that was not how things should be? Well, I was working my butt off. So I was going to college full time and working full time at Frontier, actually. So you actually know what that is. Yep. Uh, so I worked a lot. I didn't have any time for myself. I felt like I was burning the candle at both ends. And and don't get me wrong. I'm all about hard work, right? Uh, you need hard work to see success. But I, I wasn't enjoying my life. <laughs> and I kept going, well, once I'm done school, once I'm done this, right? And then I got a, a great six-figure job out of school because I had worked so much. I worked a, um, at a network operations center when I was in college. So I was able to get a really great job after, I should say, after 140 resumes. So it's not like it dropped in my right. lap. <laughs> that never happens. Uh, but it was like, okay, great. Now I can do this. And the job sounded utterly amazing. It was uh, traveling around the country or, or possibly outside of the country um, and uh, doing project management and video on demand stuff because I am a huge geek. Uh, 
but that wasn't it either. I mean, that was miserable. And so being able to go, wait a minute, money is definitely not important. Me like achieving quote unquote success and having a car and houses that my parents do at this young age, uh, what I thought was success, I mean, shifted my whole mindset. And the fact that if you don't enjoy every single day, <laughs> you know, I mean, not that you can enjoy every, absolutely every moment, but if you can't look back at your life and go, I enjoy every day, it's not about getting somewhere else, um, then something has to change. Yeah. And well, and in, and in the midst of all of that traveling, which you should be enjoying and you're making all this money, you're still some, I mean, even though you've already known your husband for a while at that point, you were fairly newlywed still, right? Yeah. I got married when I was 21. Yeah. So you're doing the thing where you're often traveling and his unique occupation of being a contortionist, which is another <laughs> whole story. Um, the two of you are barely seeing each other, right? Definitely. I remember him going, you should quit. And I'm like, uh, I'm the breadwinner. Like, <laughs> I have health quit. insurance. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I had to shift my mindset, right? That, yeah. Um, and, and because I'm uh, – most females that I know are about security, right? Like we want to make sure like we're safe. And so being able to go, well, quit your job, I'm like, well, that it just feels very unsafe to me, <laughs> yeah. which is why I had to pay off the debt. So I felt like things were – and save up a six-month emergency fund um, before I ever quit my job because I needed to feel that, that safety as much as I could um, in sort of the chaos. All right. So what was the catalyst here? You, I know that it's not easy to suddenly say, okay, we've got all this debt and we need to pay it off. What made you think, we don't need to just do this eventually. We need to do this now. <laughs> well, it wasn't me. Uh, it was uh, I wanted to have a baby. So kids, something outside of myself mm -hmm. actually made me do it because I don't know if I would have otherwise, uh, which is kind of sad, right? <laughs> um, but having the, the catalyst of going, okay, number one, if I have a baby, I can't leave on Monday and come home on Friday. That's just not uh, a reality that I would ever want to have. So if I can't do this job, and of course, I tried negotiating with them, well, how about I work from home, blah, blah, blah. And they said, no, I'm like, crap. <laughs> but I also knew that I didn't really like what I did. So even if I could have found a job that did similar things locally, Doing that really wasn't exciting to me at all. And then I thought, and this is one of those things that I think really matters, who do I want to be for my kids? Mm -hmm. Which I should be asking the question, who do I want to be for me, right. for my kids? But that was the catalyst of going, I want to be a mom. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That is doing what I love, being able to really come from a place of experience to be able to tell them instead of it just being like, well... I work at a crappy job. This is what my parents did. My dad was like, you should work for yourself. He did not work for himself. And he really wished he wanted to. He did a long time ago. Didn't work out very well for him. Like he made okay money. Um, but it to him, it didn't really work out. But he knew the importance of it. But to him, you know, he's the dad and he has to get a job that he doesn't like so he can, you know, buy shoes and feed the kids and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And so he kept telling me to work for myself. And I didn't understand it for a really long time. Um, but it's one thing to tell people and it's another people to show people, right? To be lead by example. And that's sort of the catalyst of going, I need to figure this out. So that way I can it, figure it all out for my kids so they'll have an easier life. <laughs> In comparison, I know that you guys, again, from researching your story <laughs> and stalking online, um, you Yay. paid <laughs> off. Yeah. Say, you paid <laughs> off that 70000 in debt within about a year and a half, right? Yep, 16 months. And some people would say, that's insane. Others would be like, oh, that's nothing. But, uh, well, for me, that'd be a lot. Like, if I could do that right now, boom, I'd be done. But uh, so you pay it off, but then you realize, okay, I mean, and at that point, your son is born and you're now not working anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So how? what's the transition of knowing you need to pay off the debt, paying off the debt, and then moving into this eventual millionaire stuff that you have set up for yeah, yourself. I wouldn't do what I did. So don't get me wrong. I well, Okay. Um, so give us the inside secret. You yeah. tell us what you did and then tell us what you would have done. Perfect. So what I did was I f solely focused on paying off that debt, which I think is really good. I love intense focus. I love trying to get things done as fast as humanly possible as well as I can. So that's why it was like 16 months. I'm like, let's, let's do this, right? Soul focus, I think is really, really important. So going in and going, okay, we're going to pay this off. Um, I mean, uh, we did a lot of different things. I mean, I took extra, I traveled more because I got more money when I was on site. Mm, yeah. Um, the like we just worked our butts off well and you're selling like expensive Everything. cars and then driving beater Crappy. cars exactly making hard choices right i mean yeah. we had just bought a brand new car like two months before we decided to get out of debt um and i wanted to sell it and he didn't nice. <laughs> and I, I, women are convincing no uh so we ended up selling it uh and uh only losing about a thousand dollars on it but it was a it was really difficult because i imagined you know taking my kids to school in this car right mm. uh and it was a it was a honda civic it's not like it was something like amazing <laughs> crazy it was a honda civic but those are right? nice so they are and actually to, to tell full circle and jump ahead just for a minute um when i moved here to austin i bought a honda civic with cash because i was like 
I want that car. I still want that car. I don't know why. <laughs> like I wanted to prove, you know, I yeah. want that car. So you drop 20 grand, a brand new Honda Civic. <laughs> like then I felt like there, see, I got what I wanted. See, <laughs> and doesn't that, longer. doesn't that long term, like the, what was the di- time difference wise? Like what, 10 years or something? Yeah. Well, six or seven, my son's seven. So seven okay. years. Yeah. So, and you, you think about that. I mean, you didn't know you were going to eventually get that car, you know, quote unquote back, but yeah. you did. Even just the emotional rewarding feeling of boom, there's cash. We're not even debt. We're not even out of debt, debt free. We're like abundance debt free. Exactly. You know, like here's well, some cash. That's what I remember telling myself back then. I was like, it's a car. If I want to buy the same car later, once I've had this stuff figured out, I can. That opportunity is still there. It's not as though it's not. Mm. And being able to know that, um, and it's just sacrifice in the moment for now until things get better because, I mean, I worked my butt off, right? And don't get me wrong. There's yeah. things that can happen and all that fun stuff. But in reality, I have a, if, you know, barring any accidents, I have a long life. Even if I bought that car when I was 60, I could, you know, <laughs> it's still, that's plenty of time to be able to save up 20 grand and buy, um, and buy it. So being, being able to sort of come from that place where, yeah, I can sacrifice and not need it right now. That's fine. Um, and that's sort of what I did. So it was more about like, okay, we're going to, sacrifice as much as we possibly can um, right now. So later it'll be better. And so that 16 months was definitely not fun. I was also pregnant at the time. So I was like working 70 hours a week and pregnant and it was a little crazy. Uh, I, I, you know, I like intensity, but that was a little much. So in other words, one of the things I think I hear you saying is, yeah, I wished we'd decided to pay off the debt before we got pregnant. Yes. Yeah. I needed, I, unfortunately it was a catch 22. I needed the catalyst right, of the baby in order to make this decision, but anybody can make this decision at any time. And I think that's, what's important, right? You don't need to look outside yourself in order to make this decision. And ideally in an ideal world, I would do that. Now, the interesting thing is though, and what I see a lot now is that it takes time to build a business or even figure out what business you want to have. And I was naive <laughs> in terms of how long that would take. Yeah. Um, because you hear stories. And I, back then, I, there was like no podcast very much. But I used to read a lot of blogs and I used to try and find stories. And I couldn't find anybody like me. I couldn't find anyone quitting a mom, quitting a six figure job and doing something on her own. So I tried to find stories um, because I wanted to be able to go, someone else did it, which is why I love coming on shows and telling my story because it is possible. Even though it's not fun, don't get me wrong, it wasn't like, woohoo, yay. Uh, at the end it was, uh, but going through it was definitely not fun. But it's, it is possible. And knowing that someone else has gone through it, I think is hugely important. So looking at that and going, okay, pay off debt. Uh, and we didn't even pay it off by my goal date. Like I wanted to pay it off before he was born mm-hmm. uh, and we didn't. It, it, it took four months after after that because, you know, so things yeah. happen. It, you know, it was a little off. That's fine. Um, and that's totally okay. You know, even if you don't hit your goal, you will eventually as long as you keep pushing forward towards it. Um, so quit the job and then had a brand new baby expecting that I'm going to start this business or whatever. I didn't even know what I was going to do at the time. I was like asking myself, what do I want? What's my passion? All that stuff. While I had the colickiest <laughs> baby that cried all the time. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was crazy. And you're a, a first time mom. Totally. Which makes me crazy. Anyway, I'm a planner and a person that is type A planner with a brand new baby that cries all the time is not, 
That's wow. not an easy thing to go through anyway. And yeah, so it took me a really long time. Thankfully, like I said, we had saved up enough money to not worry about it as much. And we made our expenses so low. He still made money, so it wasn't as though he didn't. And so being able to have that offset gave me a little more leeway. Not that I wasn't like, hey, I need to make money pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I tried a whole bunch of things. Like it's not as though the first thing was successful either. Um, I ended up getting into coaching afterwards. Um, but I tried, uh, you know, iPhone apps, provisional patents, like all sorts of things. I worked as a project, like consulting uh, project manager and stuff. I, I did a lot of different things before I figured out what I wanted. And unfortunately, it just took a long time because those things take time. You can't go, hey, I want to know what I want to do with the rest of my life, which I also think is the wrong question, by the way. But I, that's what I was asking myself. What do I want to do with the rest of my life? What's my life's purpose? That's a lot of pressure. You have to <laughs> no. know now. And and I am I wanted it to I wanted to know it now I was like I need to figure this out now, um, which was not helpful at all. But like looking at the past and going through it and going okay, I made choices. I figured stuff out. It took way longer. My expectations were I think a little bit too high for what I wanted for the learning curve that I had. Don't get me wrong. A millionaire hops in and goes, let me figure out a market and all that fun stuff to start a business. Oh, they can do it way the heck better. But I didn't know anything about Well, and they've had experience and this is probably not their first business. Exactly. When you look at that, when you know what you're doing, yeah, you can start a business really quick. But um, the learning curve that I had to go through was a lot longer. Thankfully, I ended up, I was was doing coaching in general before I met my mentor. But once I met my mentor, um, things really started to shift because he pushed me like no one else had really pushed me before. Well, I think that's one of the key things is, is I think you would say that uh, of all the people that you have interviewed for your show and, and for the book and everything, that having a mentor or maybe even accountability uh, accountability groups or as people call them these days, uh, mastermind groups. Mm-hmm. I remember when they used to be called the other thing. But they've been rebranded. But having somebody – outside of yourself that's pushing you along as a team, not maybe not even a team member, but a, an accountability partner or some kind of exterior. Again, we we don't always do the things that we know is best for us to do unless we have this external catalyst, like having a new kid or, you know, how, how am I going to be who I need to be for this other person? Mm, definitely. Isn't and that, so, it's, it, it, knowing that is good though, even though we wish it was the other way, as long as you know that you can still use that to your advantage right Uh, so being able to have the external external help is extremely important i mean i have i have a coach i have a board of mentors and i have two mastermind groups so i get uh, yeah i get that (laughs) yeah and and you probably would have said you know you you probably would well when did you meet your mentor like you would have sought out sought that out sooner had you oh definitely in hindsight you know so my mentor i was 25 or 26 uh he was actually the competition and, nice. but I was so brand new, I was so green to this, uh, in general, he had sold a million dollar business. He really knew what he was doing. And he was sort of the big name in my area in Maine, a small area, but he was sort of the bigger name and I was a little nervous, but I emailed him and was like, Hey, I'd, I'd love to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And he, um, invited me over. We ended up having a great two hour conversation. He was giving me marketing tactics that I could use, um, to be a business coach, uh, around that area because he knew the area really well because I had just moved there. And I'm like, wow, that was really nice of him. Like technically we're supposed to be competition, but he was, you know, giving me markets and that sort of thing. I mean, I had a much younger 
audience draw, right? <laughs> Considering I was 26 at the time and I looked like I was like 18. Um, and I left and sent him a thank you card in the mail because I really appreciated it. He sent me an email back going, you know, I have been looking for an apprentice for somebody to possibly take over the business. Uh, but I was looking for someone who was like 45. And he's like, I did not expect a 26 year old, but you've impressed me. So do you want to come in and chat about it? And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Right. And so I, while I was looking for a mentor at the time, I never in a million years thought that that relationship would have worked out. And so it was just one of those amazing things. I ended up working uh, as my own business coach underneath him in his firm uh, for two years um, and learning a ton. And he would have me do like, he'd have me cold call 50 people a day, like crazy stuff that oh like I gosh. would never have pushed myself in order to do, right? And who wants to cold call 50 calls a day? That's well, silly. Nobody, but that exactly. crash course in just, that, that's a crash course in too many things to list right now. But <laughs> exactly. Oh my, oh my gosh. Oh, I was so uncomfortable. I turned bright red when I do it. Like, but then you get used to it and you do it. And it's better. And so I, I love the fact that – I love the fact being a coach and I can do that for people even if they're not happy about it at the time. <laughs> that happens quite often. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe you made me do this. And I'm like, and you'll be happy at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so you launch into Eventual Millionaire. Did you know that that's what you were going to call it? What, at what point did you say, okay, I am going to eventually be a millionaire and you're still on that path? So when I was eight, I wanted to be a millionaire. And I gave up the goal when I quit my six-figure job. I was like, you know what? It's not about money. It's about life. When I was going through getting out of debt, I came up with a domain name, Eventual Millionaire. I used to read blogs all the time. So I started this random blog. This was way before um, it became anything. Uh, I blogged for probably about a year before my uh, site got hacked and my backups were corrupt. And this is a geek that, oh my gosh, I was devastated because I know the importance of backups. Anyway, you would, you would understand they were corrupt. And so I gave that up. I only, I blogged for about a year, like eight years ago. And I really wish I would have kept with it because that would have been amazing. Uh, But I didn't, I gave it up. And so I'd worked with my mentor, and this is probably like four and a half years ago now. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that being a local business coach in Maine and me like driving around and meeting prospects and having them come to the office, when I was a huge computer geek, I, I thought being <laughs> off, being online would make a huge difference to me. And so, and, it, and it, I mean, I lived in Maine, which is the 49th worst state in the U.S. for business, by the way. And I'm a business coach. So I'm like, <laughs> there's got to be more in the world. So what I ended up doing was telling him that I really wanted to go online. He's like, well, I can't afford to have you here and learn all about that stuff at, the, at this point. I need you out there getting coaching clients. And I'm like, darn it. So I left him and thankfully we're really good on really good terms. He actually asked me for a job the other day because he wants to retire and just wants prospects coming in. And <laughs> isn't that insane? Yeah. Right? And so not a job, but you know what I mean? Like right. he didn't want a prospect because that takes a lot of time. But I have prospects coming to me. And he was like, hey. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I, I restarted Eventual Millionaire just to learn how to blog. It had nothing to do with business coaching at first. It was a personal finance blog because I, I wanted to learn how to do blogging and, and internet marketing and content marketing and stuff. Uh, and I did it for like six months and saw really, I think I had 500 subscribers total. And I was like, this is a bad marketing tactic. What the heck? I can't, this is not working. Uh, I worked my butt off and haven't seen a lot of results. And I tried other things, of course, at the time too. 
But then uh, right before I was going to give up, I remember going into my mentor and going, oh my gosh, I've been working my butt off. This is not working. I haven't gotten any clients from it, which was silly because it was about personal personal <laughs> finance, not really about business coaching. And I ended up getting an email from CNN and said they wanted to have me on their website. And I was like, oh, well then, <laughs> maybe I won't shut this down. Maybe I'm on to something. And uh, I was on the website. I, they asked me on their one of their shows. And then I was on Yahoo's homepage all within the span of the week, a week. And I, I was like, okay, maybe I'm on to something here. But I had to shift. So I ended up changing it to be more about business, less about personal finance. I mean, it still matters. Yeah, Personal finance is definitely a little piece. I ask millionaires about that now. But, but I shifted and tweaked what I was doing so that way I could get clients coming in. And uh, yeah, and that's how it started. And the, the interviewing millionaire thing only came because I got sick of writing. Like one of the reasons why I didn't <laughs> like doing the blog, because I take forever to write something. And I love talking. So my mastermind group was like, two of them had podcasts, Pat Flynn and uh, Maren Kate both had podcasts. And they're like, why don't you start a podcast? I'm like, that's great. And Maren goes, you should interview millionaires. I'm like, that's great. I don't know any, but that sounds like a great idea. Do you guys know anyone? They didn't know anyone either. (laughs) So that's sort of how it started just because I didn't want to write anymore. I was like, oh, a podcast. That's a good idea. I I actually decided I almost did a blog and then said, no, I like talking better and same here. So way better. Yeah. So much more fun to me anyway, but it depends on your personality, right? Totally. So, all right, so you're you're interviewing all these people and obviously and you've interviewed awesome people like Pat Flynn and a bunch of other people that I know, but then also people that I look up to like David Allen and who I believe is actually a millionaire. <laughs> you don't think <laughs> you don't think of it all the time. It's like, "Oh yeah, the getting things done guy. He's a millionaire." Exactly. Um, <laughs> He doesn't need to do anything for the rest of his life. Again, it's this whole idea of eventual, the word eventual not being, not being I'll get around to it eventually, mm. but eventual as in it is an eventuality that I will make that happen. Exactly. I mean, it's in other words, it's I'm not going to just start sometime. I've already started or I'm starting now and I'm going to finish. Because when I was little, I sort of had this weird knowing that I'd be a millionaire. I don't know what it was. I wasn't like I, – I have no idea. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that, right, when I was little. And I thought that was like normal, <laughs> which is so weird. <laughs> so when, when I started going into it, it was like, yeah, eventually I will be. It's going to be – it's going to take a lot longer now that I shifted what I was going to do. And it's not about that as a top priority, but it, it is definitely where I want to go. And so when I started asking – millionaires. I'm like, did you know that you were going to be a millionaire? Because I thought that was a really important question. Like, did like if knowing in advance was what determined, <laughs> that would be really an interesting yeah. thing to know. Uh, and it wasn't. It was 50-50. When I started asking the question, some people were like, oh, I knew. And other people were like, I had no idea. So there was no correlation at all. I mean, it was like a 50-50 split, which is crazy. So I think it really depends. And so I let go of my, okay, I know, like whether that matters or not, as long as you work towards that as a goal, no matter how long it takes, you'll get there, right? Keep yeah. going. All right. I think this is really important. Let's keep pushing towards it. Um, no matter how fast, no matter how slow. There's one uh, tactic that one of the millionaires I interviewed talk about, but it's, it's a theme that runs through all of the millionaire interviews. And the guy that said it was, his name is Frank McKinney. He calls it the lunch pail approach, but it's all about continuous forward motion. So as long as you keep moving towards the goal, even if you have setbacks, he calls it the lunch pail approaches because he's like, you pack your lunch every single day. And that adds up and adds up and adds up, Mm. right, over time. And so as long as you keep 
making that continuous forward motion, that's your end game forward motion. That's what's going to add up over time and you're, you will get the results you want. Even if in the you know time frame it is now, it doesn't work. What we have a tendency to do as people is try something, it doesn't work. And we're like, well, never mind, right? Weight loss, whatever it is that you're doing. <laughs> well, screw that. That's not going to work for me, <laughs> right? And, and instead of doing that, just go, okay, this is a setback. I still need to figure out how to move forward. It's a total different yeah. mindset. Yeah. And, and, and I see it in every pretty much everyone I interview. Well, and that's what I'm seeing in you is, is as we talk about your story and how you've gotten from where you were to where you are mm-hmm. and where you're going is – and even you, as you look back, you can say, no, you know what? I would have done this differently. I would have said – I would have made this sacrifice sooner. I would have said mm-hmm. no to this and yes to this. And, you know, the whole opportunity cost or what he's kind of saying with the lunch pail thing is that whole latte tax thing. I know, right? You know, and and I love the thing that you say about absolute yes. Can you talk Mm. about that a little bit? For sure. That was something I think that's extremely important. I tell people about it all the time because what we have a tendency to do is when people ask us something, we're like, yeah, that sounds okay. You know, like, sure, why not? Like those sort of things that (laughs) are like, yeah, that might be a good idea. But when you're uh, presented with an opportunity, you really have, whether in business or personal, like even if somebody's like, hey, there's a party next weekend, uh, a birthday party, you should go. If you don't want to go, don't go. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knew? How is this so complicated? But we have a tendency to want to people please. I know I do. And be like, oh, yes, if you want me there, I will be there, even if I don't want to go at all. Right? So asking yourself the question, if you really want this, is this an absolute yes for you. No matter what, like, oh my gosh, I really want to do that. That's how you enjoy your day better. Right? So even if you have something scheduled and you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. You don't necessarily have to say no at the very beginning and start setting up your life so that the things that you're doing, both in business and personally, are absolute yeses. So you can go in full force. We have a tendency in business, especially to go, oh, this is might be good and do it halfway. Right. Or don't not be enthusiastic about it. But when in reality, if we're doing something full out, you know, no matter what, that's when you're going to see the results that you really, really want. And that's why we procrastinate so often is we have not said absolute yes to some of the things we've said yes to kind of as a maybe really. Exactly. And it's funny. I give some tactics on this because it's hard. It's hard. You can't say no to people. Come on. That hurts your feelings. So a couple of tactics that I have. If somebody comes up to you and they're like, oh, do you want to go to the party? Blah, blah, blah. So-and-so would love, like my mom does this. (laughs) She would love to have you there. Blah, blah, blah. I always say maybe because I have a hard time saying no to people to their face. Uh, Maybe. Let me check my schedule and I'll find out. Right. You can go back. You can think about, do I really want to go? Because it's hard to ask yourself that question in the moment. You know, and ask and go, is this a true absolute yes or am I just trying to people please? So you give yourself some space. You back off a little. You go, okay, do I really want to go? If I do, then I'd be like, yes, definitely I'm going to be there. If I don't, then I can really sit with it and go, you know what? I don't know. I don't really feel like it. And you don't have to make up an excuse or anything like that. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm busy. You can just be like, you know what? I have other priorities right now and unfortunately I'm not able to attend. So being able to go and be honest and I'm, I'm really sorry, but uh, – at a different time where you've really evaluated your choices and you know and you're making it from a point of power <laughs> instead of, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Or even if you're like, eh, no, <laughs> you don't want to hurt people's feelings either. So I think that that's a great tactic to use, especially for people that you know have a hard time saying no at first. 
Well, and that's the good kind of procrastination is even those opportunities that come up that you want to say yes to, but you can't give an absolute yes. So you have to give a, a no now so that you can do maybe later or yes later. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jamie, I know that you have other things that you have to have <laughs> to do <laughs> because you are scheduled you are scheduled to be elsewhere and so you're going to have to come back on the show and have a part 2 at some point when uh, we see each other in person again we should do it that's so that what we'll do that that is what we will do so uh stay we'll, tuned we'll, we'll have our tattoos our, our Legend of Zelda tattoos <laughs> it'll be um, perfect you, you know i'm gonna look up fake zelda triforce set tattoos oh my gosh if online. you get those please send me one. Oh so, my, or send me the link i, yes. I want that also because so, we'll just we'll do temporary ones for now until we get the real ones eric it'll be fine yeah there you go <laughs> so jamie it's been awesome talking to you as usual please come back on the show and please tell people real quick where they can go to find you online you can go to eventualmillionaire.com. All the interviews, all 150 millionaire interviews are there live in video. You can check out you know, what kind of office David Allen has, what his office <laughs> looks like. I love that for some reason. Yes. You can also get the three habits of all successful millionaires right on the homepage so you can learn a little bit more. Awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so glad we made this work. I hope you enjoyed this episode and my conversation with Jamie Tardy. If so, please let her know over at Eventual Millionaire on Twitter or head over to EventualMillionaire.com to check out her podcast, her blog, her book, all with the same name. Hmm. Good branding. And again, I want to say thank you to MailChimp for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Check them out again over at BeyondTheToDoList.com slash MailChimp. If you're enjoying this podcast... I would love it if you'd go leave a rating or review over in iTunes. Thanks to those of you who have already done that, and thanks to those of you who are doing it right now as I speak. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.